Hey everybody, welcome to The Stoop. So I grew up in a small American town, and much like any other town around the country, we were surrounded by friends and family. We had our schools and churches, and local mom and pop shops. There was the local characters and criminals and busybodies, and we all kind of knew each other's business. And rather than gathering on the front porch, we gathered on our stoops. See, this little small town was hidden in a far-off corner of a giant city. And although it seems like an ancient age, my memories are quite clear. So sit back and let me tell you the tales of my days and my crazy times on those stoops of Atlantis. That theme song has followed me my entire life. From 5 to 50, it preceded a TV show that was ahead of its time comedy-wise, and it's quoted and requoted, remembered and recalled on so many occasions with my sisters. Lucy, Ricky, Fred, and Ethel, comedic geniuses, masters of timing and subtlety, artists whose pedigree goes back to vaudeville. Back in those days, we had seven channels. Two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven, and thirteen. That was it. Nothing to stream or DVR or even video record. Yet there was always something on worth watching. In full grayscale black and white. Yep, as a kid I saw the world in tones of gray. You see what I will boost it made no never mind. But Sesame Street looked almost film noir. The electric company was like it had forgotten to pay its own power bill. And all of Mr. Rogers' sweaters were gray. Well, that was until my grandmother got her own new color TV. I'll never forget that first time seeing that vivid psychedelic opening of the electric company in all its rainbow splendor. We're gonna turn it on. We're gonna bring in the power. Sesame Street got a paint job. I mean, Big Bird was yellow? Oscar was green? Holy Zenith, Batman! Eventually, color came to my house, too. Those Saturday morning cartoons with sizzle and pop with Chuck Jones' incredibly insane characters that are as funny today as they were then. They were trippy, offbeat, totally anti-Disney-esque. They were violent and suggestive, but, but in a white Three Stooges way. And they exposed me and my generation to something. Classical music. And not subliminal advertising. And man, they were funny. Funnier today than any sitcom in the last 20 years. There was Saturday morning TV, and then there was the after-school TV. Cartoons after school that were hosted. Popeye was introduced by a guy in a sailor suit named, uh, I don't remember his name, but if you do, post it on the Stoops Facebook page. Same goes for that cop who would host the episodes of the Little Rascals. Speaking of those rascals, I was a little rascal on my block, so were my friends. We weren't criminals or thugs or goomba wannabes, just little rascals. I remember my favorite episode was their fire department one. They built their own fire trucks, they chilled out in their own station until the fire alarm went off. Then they raced off to the fire where drums of black powder and cases of dynamite were stored. Yeah, these are my kind of kids. And man, that put ideas in my head. I wanted to make my own fire engine and throw large cans of black powder and dynamite out of high windows. In fact, if you go way back to the Fire Clown episode, you'll see my fascination with dangerous powders. 
Well, I would have to settle for firecrackers since there wasn't any oil drum sized cans of black powder lying around East Harlem. And as for the fire engine, well, go karts made from old skates and milk crates would have to suffice. We had our Saturday morning cartoons and even our after school cartoons, but every few weeks, that memorable theme song would play. Yeah, remember that? The 4.30 movie. Movie week. There'd be Monster Week and Sci-Fi Week and Planet of the Apes Week or Fantasy Week. These were the gold standards of movies. A week's worth of glorious, exciting films that had all the elements an 11-year-old needed. Aliens, spaceships, apes, Japanese monsters. These were the days before you had an open menu of anything at our fingertips. If you wanted to see an old movie, you had to wait for the TV programmers to put it on the air. It seems so easy today. Literally any movie or old TV show is just a click away. And I'm not sure if that's better. I'm not sure it's worse, but I'm not sure if easy access to everything we want is necessarily a positive thing for our culture. I mean, it's nice to want something and not get it right away. So when it finally arrives, when that classic Beneath the Planet of the Apes or Jason and the Argonauts airs, it becomes an event. We have so real events anymore, it's not on TV. I would think about these classic films all day in class, chatting with Howard or John about them, then race home and settle in for the treat. I miss those 430 movies and those little rare gems. These were the fuel that set the engine of my filmmaking love into motion. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. You had a bunch of other shows that were in their early days of syndication. These have become part of what they now call classic TV. When I was a kid, they were just reruns. The goofy and always fun brain children of Sherwood Schwartz were my favorites, like Gilligan's Island and The Brady Bunch. These have become such satires of an entire era in history, but for me, they were, and I have to admit, still are, great TV. Great, sweet-natured sitcoms that entertained. You had The Odd Couple, the greatest New York City comedy, Barney Miller, the best cop show ever, and a perfect funhouse-like mirror held up to that crazy, dirty, filthy, amazing era of New York City in the 70s. And then there was... Well, not Maud, but MASH. For me, the best written show in TV history. I remember as a kid, my dad wouldn't let us watch it because he felt it was a bit too... randy. It oddly then became his favorite TV show ever. I can still binge watch MASH any day of the week at any time of day. And me and my wife often do. You can't talk about the 70s without talking cop shows, and you can't talk about 70s cop shows without talking about that trio that sparked an entire generation's puberty. 
Farrah brightened the walls of millions of kids' bedrooms, including this geek here, who would hide my face and blush when the theme music started, and my older sister would tease me. Farrah, like so many others, was my first TV crush, although eventually I developed a bigger crush on Jacqueline. Jacqueline Smith, oh yeah. This theme music here had the kooky effect on not only me, but the lexicon of my entire family. SWAT, that cheesy, over-the-top, iconic 70s melodrama, was the direct creator of the SWAT face. See, SWAT was my all-time favorite show as a kid, right above the $6 million man. Me and my friends would play SWAT, run around 118 with my full-size plastic M16 rifle. You know, back in the days when you could do such things. See, I was obsessed. And when it was time to plop on the sofa at 8 o'clock on Thursday night, and that pre-disco-fied original version of the song played, I'd get this embarrassed smile. A smile my sister Donna christened the SWAT face. It became such a thing that at any time of day she could just point at me and say, Mike, make the SWAT face. And bam, I would blush, and my face would morph into that silly, embarrassed, partially hidden smirk. Now, she also thought that SWAT, as a show, sucked. And looking back, I guess she was right, but for an 11 or 12-year-old boy of that era, it was perfection. See, she preferred Starsky and Hutch. And every week, in the back of the TV guide, we would look up the top 10 shows. Starsky and his buddy Hutch were always in the number one or two slot, while my smirk-inspired militarized police team were riding in the 10 slot you know, on a good week. And there were so many police shows back then, and many of them did play on our TVs. See, these weren't realistic, gritty, and cynical modern shows trying for, for realism. These shows were just for entertainment. Beretta, Kojak, The Rookies, Policewoman, Adam-12, and the Sunday Night Mystery Gang, and McCloud, McMillan and Wife, and my all-time favorite to this day. Uh, just one more thing. Columbo. I mean, there's no realism, but who cares? Who wants realism? Turn on the bloody news for that. I'll take Columbo any day over these brooding modern shows. It was also a golden age of sitcoms. Are there still any sitcoms? Are they funny? I once tried, and on numerous occasions, and I really wanted to like it, to watch The Big Bang Theory. Now, I'm sorry for any fans of that show that are listening, but I, I, I swear I really did try to try to like it. But they just tried too hard with jokes. And jokes don't make sitcoms funny. It's the situations, thus the sit in sitcoms. Back then, we had good times, What's Happening, Happy Days, Overt and Shirley, Mark and Mindy, Barney Miller, All in the Family, MASH, Cheers, Taxi, Welcome Back, Carter, a bunch of them. And maybe it was because I was a kid, or maybe the lens of nostalgia pumps up the intensity of the comedy in my memory, but I do recall laughing, laughing a lot. And the last time I checked, the purpose of sitcoms are laughs. These shows still make me laugh out loud. I mean, with the exception of maybe community, not many modern sitcoms make me laugh. They tend to all try too hard with jokes. I mean, jokes isn't really what makes a show funny. In fact, most of the time, the best ones are on the commercials for the episode. What you need is situations in situational comedies, sitcoms. That's what generates the laughs, the witty dialogues, and the hilarious situation. And that's how you judge a show, how you judge a comedy. The unit of measurement used to gauge its success is laughter.
Yeah, we had our stars back then. Okay, stars with a little S. But you knew who they were. I mean, remember this show? As the sun rises each day in the awesome world of the three networks, their generals sent forth the stars to do battle for the ratings that rule the realm. The battle is fierce, but the treasures are precious. But today, the battle is physical and furious. Yeah, those days there were just three networks. The I, CBS, the Peacock, four, and well, the, the, the seven. Well, seven. And they all battled it out with these goofy slapstick events. You'd have win the card of battle Cheryl Ed in an obstacle course, or we Majors versus Lorenzo Lamas. There's nothing serious, no politics, no social media cries of toddler-like anguish. It was fun. It was snack food TV. And snacks in moderation is fine. See, TV was truly an ancient landscape back then. A world that has become a subset in the massive choices at our fingertips today. So use your remote as a time machine and visit or revisit that place. It was a smaller, simpler space with far fewer options, but lots of fun and laughs. It was a place to relax when we weren't hanging out on the stoops of Atlantis. This has been the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. If you would, please take a moment to like this podcast or maybe even give it a star rating, one to five. And if you if are so inclined, a review, a written review would be really appreciated. Any, any way you can help spread the word, maybe tell your friends or family or post something on social media, would be greatly appreciated to help grow this audience so I could continue making these episodes and uh, entertain you all. So thank you and tune in next time.